Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we pitch stories to each other. I'm Jordan. I'm Cody. <laughs> you really do have to wind up before you say things. <laughs> like, I watch you do the exact thing again. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> I like to telegraph so that way you have a chance to block. Why would I block you saying your name? It was a. It was just. It was Dark an Souls. Elden Ring it joke. A, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You've been playing. You've been playing too much Elden Ring. <laughs> so, I have been playing some Elden Ring. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, anyways, Cody, I'm still thrown off guard. But how have you been, man? What have you been up to? Mostly, what I think it is is that knocking you off your rhythm is energizing to me, dude. You like basically, I was. Walking to the post office and a quarterback just tackled me. That's what oh. happened. That is what that is like the that is the equivalent Dialogue of like, wise. What, it's like why did Tom Brady just tackle me? First he shouldn't be tackling people. Second of all, Tom Brady's yeah. here. <laughs> Tom Brady is not meant to tackle people, right? Yeah, that's that's why it catches you off That's the whole analogy. I think Cody what just getting tackled Cody? in general Cody? in Cody, your what life. Cody, would... Cody, 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 what do you mean tonight? Well, um, I started watching um, Star Trek Deep Space Nine again. Um, it hey, have is, you watched uh, Scavengers Raid? Or have you even thought about watching Scavengers Raid? I've looked at it like twice and then have not clicked on it. All right. So how's uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine the second time? Hmm? How is it? Well, I mean, I've probably seen this part of it like a lot of times. Um, I love Quark. I would say um, my favorite character is Quark. He's the Ferengi. Don't know. Gonna be honest with you, never see D- Deep Space Nine. I don't even remember which one Deep Space Nine is. It's the one. It's kind of the one that no one. I don't think it was the most popular. It's the one where they're on a space station, so they're not like going anywhere. They're just like a stop in space, um, and it's like after a war between the Bajorans and the Cardassians. Oh, I literally do not know this one yeah um <laughs> like i'm not even messing with i literally do i know the like one alien but i don't know if i know him from deep space nine or if i know him from any other star trek property what the frick which alien the guy with like the big ears and like the bulbous quark? oh so quark that's i don't know cody i don't know do you not sure. know who Ferengi is? I don't Star Trek often. So anyways, Ferengis are like space capitalists. They're crazy space capitalists. And is that John uh, C. Riley or just a guy that looks like John C. Riley? I don't believe it's John C. Riley. That <laughs> is that is uh O'Brien. And he, he is who my brother says I sound like all the time every <laughs> time gonna, I try to talk to my brother about engineering. <laughs> now I'm gonna have to watch this. But anyways, keep going. Tell me um, about the nine space deep. Deep space nine. And yeah, uh, that's what I said. it's weird. I mean, like, I like Star Trek because, like, I don't know. There's, like, I, I have that, you like, utopian, like, desire in me for things to be nice <laughs> someday. That's a weird um, way to say that you're a giant nerd. I like Star right. Trek because I'm a giant nerd is how you could have just had that Well, sentence. yeah, but there's like a there's like nerds and nerds and nerds and nerds and there's different things that we find appealing for different reasons. And you know, Star Trek prior to maybe 10 years ago was a very boring sci-fi. There wasn't a lot of action, you know, it was a lot of people sitting around on a ship talking through their problems. Um 
and that's still the case with Deep Space Nine. It is context-wise a weird show. So it's about a space station that used to be controlled by Cardassians and is now controlled by Bajorans. Two different aliens, whatever. But they were at war for a long time. And so the Bajorans hate the Cardassians, and their planet was conquered by the them. Cardassians? Cardassians. Dacians, not Cardassians. Yeah, okay, no, no Cardassians. Okay, continue. I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Keep going. The Bajorans were conquered for a long time and then, like, had fought, like, had been in rebellion against the Cardassians for generations, right? So mm. one of the main characters is, like, a, to put it nicely, freedom fighter for the Bajorans, who has, like, spent her whole life trying to kill Cardassians on her planet. And then eventually they win, and she has to, like, stop being that. And it's funny because it's, like, a pre-9-11 show, and she just is a terrorist. Like, out loud, it's like, what was your occupation before this? And she's like, I was a Bajoran terrorist. What I did was blow up Cardassians <laughs> with bombs. Say, like, it's, it's like replaying Final Fantasy VII or realizing that they are just straight-up domestic terrorists. Right, because like, they're like eco-terrorists, right? Yeah, they're <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, straight, it's like one of those things like, ooh, yikes! There's, there's a part where she finds her, like, her Cardassian file, like, so it's like them keeping notes on her as, like, an enemy combatant and they describe her as a like small time terrorist and she's like i was a major terrorist what the heck and i'm like whoa whoa this is so this reads so different now um but like that narrative is fun that like it's an interesting like sandbox to play with this like post-war still there's tensions everywhere you know there's like cardassians still just like floating around like I can only hear Kardashian. I'm still only hearing Kardashian. And I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, But no, it's it's still like a Star Trek that's a Star Trek. So, you know, it's got like an optimism to it. But it also is a little bit more, has a little bit more of an edge to it that I like. Um, And I don't know. There's, I think it is a less necessarily positive view on like utopian people like the federation being like this unambiguous force for good it's like well it gets a little bit vaguer you know and the ethics are a little bit more complicated and human or not necessarily human in the case that they're bajorans but you know whatever anyways i enjoy it it's a good show if you ever feel like getting into a star trek you gotta get through the first season it's weird but eventually it becomes a good show like there's probably a comedian who talks about this but I'm just going to say it now. It's like, I hate when people do that. And also, I've done it before, too. So I am not, like, um, immune to this. But, like, the, oh, yeah. It, like, you have to watch it for th- this long before it even becomes remotely good or worth watching. But, like, it's great. It's like, yeah, but then I have to, like, watch, like, a bunch of bullcrap for an yeah. entire season. Like, I, I, I hate that that's, like, a thing that's, like, very common. <laughs> I think you have to was, watch this dumb shit for 50 hours. I think it was a lot more common before, like, when you were filling time with your shows, right? Like, yeah. it's like, we you have to do 20 episodes, right? And it's like, we really only have six, so we have 20 fillers, you know? And yeah. um, I also think that, like, 
really the budget for these was not near as high as like now like netflix hbo amazon shows like have the budget of movies you know and are casting people like you know these were like b-list people at best you know yeah um but yeah so it, it is like that there is that difference that this is like everything looks cheap these are not the highest brow actors. So it's like early, early Doctor Who is basically what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I find that charming, but it's also not one where you need to like sit down and laser focus and on so, every episode. So it's like do chores, like clean, edit while having yeah, this on in the back. Yeah, okay. yeah. Paint, paint little models. That. Yeah, that's the thing you didn't bring up. Is there, they're not Warhammers. What are they? Wow, I sound like Tactic, my freaking te- mom. Jeez. Warhammers? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah! I said that. I'm like, oh, I am really... <sighs> it's called One Page Rules is the system, and it One is like rules. a Warhammer alternative if you're cheap. And it's I... Like, am cheap. It's funny, because I was like trying to be supportive of your hobby and not like tease you like I did last time, and then I just came off sounding like a parrot. I was like, so how are those Warhammers? It's like, oh, jeez. You, you know right. what? It's better if you don't ask, actually. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really much better if I just keep keep that. Like, we just don't talk about it. Um, So I got stuff. Uh, what do you want to hear about? Video games? Anime? Which one do you want? Because I can talk about one of the three very extensively. So Why you don't you anime just do all or three? Video game? Because it will take me too long. Cody, and I'm tired, and I would rather you pick. Pick Okay, pick a number between one and three. One, two, three. Let's what just go with video games. Okay, been playing Armored Core. Oh, I do yeah. want to hear about it, but no spoilers. I mean, I'm not going to give spoilers. Like, like, I don't come to a Dark Souls game for the, like, spoilers. I read the lore and watch the videos afterwards. Me I just too. run around. I'm like, "What the heck is this?" And then I look it up later. It's like, "Oh, that's the coolest thing in the world." <laughs> what the heck is this? And you look it up later, and you're like, "Ah!" It's like, "Oh, I just murdered this poor dog who was waiting for his lost owner." Crap. Yeah, they're just like step, 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 step. Yeah, step, but step, step, step. Well, like, yeah, it's like like the lore is like part of it. Like I like the beauty of the world, but then like I watch the videos, be oh my gosh, this is so well done, and like read the item descriptions and stuff. Yeah, that, that's. For what I'm doing with Armor Core, it's I listen to the little it's like, okay, here's your mission. It's like blah 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 blah. And then I'm like, okay, cool. I get to fight Gundams. Awesome. I don't care what this story is. I get to fight Gundams. And that is the thing, is Cody, I have played other Armored Core games. And they've been fun. I have played there's this like one arcade robot game where it was like kind of Gundam-y. I played some of the Gundam games. They all suck. Um but this is the first time truly... Also, I played Robotech as another robot game. I played a lot of mecha games. I've They're played not Robotech. Great. They're not great. It's not great. The handling's really horrible. This game feels so good. It feels like you are really piloting that type of mecha, like, flying around. And, like, it feels exactly like the robot mecha game I've always wanted to play. That makes me want to play it more. Because, like... Because, like, I played Armor Core 1 on the PlayStation, and it took something to be able to get that robot to do what you wanted. Um, But once you do, it is fun. It's, like, satisfying once you get it. Yeah, and it's, it's like, it's 
runs really smoothly and it's like puts in like the dark souls thing of like oh you can like do all these different types of builds and it's how you want to approach the thing and it's less like dark souls because it's done mission based rather than like here's the open world and go explore and do your thing it's it's mission based and then like there are like so if you go through most of the mission and then like there's a boss at the end and you die to the boss there's a checkpoint you go back to yeah and then and then you can like if you have different parts you can like change up your build and approach the boss a different way like like it does that for you and that's really cool yeah and i like i like there was one where it's like oh this guy has a big like shield in front so what i'm going to do is switch to the missiles that shoot in the land vertically so i can like um get his um I guess it's technically like the poise gauge from Sekiro, but whatever, get that gauge up, br- like break him so I can do more. It's just, it plays really well. It's smooth. It's cool looking. I have like a speed build because it's great to just like fly around as a little robot and just move so quickly around yeah. like some of these things, like be able to dodge missiles. Well, and that was true in the first game. Like, you know, yeah, you could play as a super lightweight robot, but it's like, like what do you have? It's like, tanked. <laughs> yeah, you have one health and you have like a pea shooter. And then meanwhile, there's a tank that's like, my whole body is guns. And it's like, this yeah. is not fair. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. The other thing is like, I could do t- like dual wield guns. But there is like a sword option where you like charge and you slash it with a sword. Guess what yeah. I use? The sword because no, it's the swords so, are always great. It's so satisfying. And I don't know. It's just like one of those things where like this, like I talked about this on the show like a while back. But when I played Sekiro, I was like, oh, this is exactly what I wanted out of like a samurai like sword yeah. fighting game. And now I'm in this. I'm like, this is exactly what I wanted out of like a robot mech game. Like I, it feels exactly like a robot mech game that i wanted to play and it's like gritty and like those landscapes are cool it's dark soul sorry from software does the thing where they flex their graphics team a little bit where like on the first mission you go to like one of the like catapult launch pads you jump up and it shows like the large area of the world and it's just like Oh my god, this is beautiful. You guys went above and beyond on your design and graphics. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you are just flexing, being like, yeah, we're better than you. <laughs> Why are you so, showing off on us right now? Yeah, and so that's game number one. And then game number two, we've talked about it a bit, but I've been playing Baldur's Gate with Lori, and it's been awesome. <laughs> how and, uh, how far are you? Not very. Still um, part one. Haven't gone to the Goblin Village. We've just been doing little quests. I just want to get to level five because there are some quests in that first area that they're all level five characters and they get two attacks. We still only have one because we're level four. Oh, and that puts us at a yeah. really bad disadvantage. And so like doing the like fights is a little rough on some things. We just did the anti-ethyl quest, which was kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. And that's like sort of a cheesable one. Like there's ways to kind of get around it, but yeah. It, it was like it was really cool because so I'm playing a warlock and um, she's playing a paladin and like we walked into the area where it is like where it's like this like ideal like swamp and there's all these like animals walking and it's like beautiful there was like well, she she was like oh I just got like a role for my like paladin stuff and then passes the role and then suddenly all that idyllic like um like pond and stuff it goes away and it's just like horrifying swamp and i'm like oh when they called her a hag they meant literally yeah. <laughs> it's like that was literal 
uh oh. And that, that was like a cool area and just like an annoying fight. I gotta say, Auntie Ethel was an annoying fight. There and are... the, we, we save scum quite a bit for that because she did just like w- kill Shadowheart because there's this move down to Ethel. She throws a thing and it pulls everybody together. She threw it off the side and it pulled Shadowheart right off the side and immediately killed her. And yeah, I'm like, I've had that happen a few times. It's like, I, my, my girl's dead. <laughs> She's laying Early... at the bottom of a chasm. <laughs> Early in the game, there is a lot of stuff that you can, like, there is a boss that I won solely by just, like... Pushing off the side? Yeah, like, and I had to, like, conga line my whole team, roll (laughs) good on my initiative, and then be like, Thunder Wave, push, 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 and she's dead, and I'm like, woo! (laughs) That's that's pretty fun. Um, Also, the thing is, this game is, there's so many different things to do in this game and that, I think that's cool. So many different ways to approach things. But there is one thing that happened very early on that I wasn't expecting where my character just straight up died within the very first like we got off the ship and then within the very first area I straight up died. And I'm like yep. what? Like yeah there's like a mind flayer who's like trapped under part of the ship and yeah. like I failed one of my roles and he basically mind controls me and eats my brain and I'm just dead. And I'm like, wait, yep. you can just, like, you're, you're just, like, I'm gone. Like, no death saving doors, I'm dead. <laughs> Have you gotten withers yet? Yeah, yeah, I we we just okay. did it, yeah. So, Which, that, that, yeah, that was kind of fun. But, yeah, no, it's, it's a great game. I'm looking forward to playing more. This is, like, one of the reasons I built a new PC so I could play Baldur's Gate and Armored Core. It's, it, so. it's worth, I mean, it's, it's a fun game, and, like, I've been getting back into it now because I'm, like, at... I'm in the third act, right? So I'm like kind of at the Baldur's Gate area and it is fun. How much of that game you can kind of cheese. Like there's a part where it's like about cheesing. Well, and it's like, I don't exactly mean to, but it's like an option. There's like a part where it's like, Oh, there's like, you're on one part and then there's like a big drawbridge over to a castle. And it's like, you need to get in the castle. It's like, well, either, you can like fight your way in or you have to get invited to this event or something. There's like tricky stuff you can do to get yourself in. And I'm like, I just climbed up really high and just jumped and just like scattered my body on the ground and get up. And I have like one hit point left and I'm like, made it, you know, and just like went over and got in through a door. I was going to say, what if I could get high enough and just do misty stuff? Yeah. Like there's a lot of stuff (laughs) you can fix by like, I can teleport. Like, well, there was like one thing that I read at, so we did the whole Auntie Ethel quest and there was like one thing like, oh yeah, if you do this and this and this, you can persuade what's her name that like Auntie Ethel was evil. Like, wish I had even thought about it because I had all the elements to do that, but I wish I I didn't even think about it. Well, and there is like, Mandy is more willing to like read stuff ahead of time. Like I don't don't typically like to. I don't read super far ahead, but I'm like, if there's like something like coming up, I'm like, ah, but if you like want to have certain stuff happen i think it's worth like looking up like there is an order sometimes you have to do stuff in like particularly for me i like soft locked myself out of being able to do anything with housing and i didn't realize i was doing that and the game shamed me for it oh everyone's like oh i guess we're leaving housing i'm like i didn't mean to i'm sorry (laughs) 
I and, like, also, at the always... end, like, there's a part where you're walking away from Hal's and he's just, like, crying and waving at you. As you just, like, leave him. It's like, it's like basically like a dog when you're like, get out of here! I don't love you anymore! That's Go on! Get! And he's just like, just like a singular tear. It's just like, oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Baldur's Gate's great. I'll probably give more updates as we keep playing through it. And then are you are you doing are you doing evil or are you doing nice doing, right now? Doing nice right now, but definitely either soul or multiplayer plan to go back and do evil. Yeah, depends on how so much can, uh, this girl wants me to subject her to Baldur's Gate. <laughs> that way, you can get Minthara on your team. Yeah, look, sexy genocide um, drow sounds great. You know, it's funny, like, there are characters that I find appealing in that game, ones that I don't, and Minthara, I'm like, I feel nothing for Minthara at all. I don't know. Well, that you was... shamed me last week for being into Shadowheart. I'm still dude, mad about it. Dude, I just, I don't know. I just am bored of Shadowheart. Just being She's like, my, dude. Oh, my backstory. <laughs> I don't know. That's all of them. All of them are like, oh, my, all of them are, oh, my backstory, oh. Every single character in that game, because I feel like it is almost a parody on how people play d d It is a little <laughs> bit, like, like, everyone does have an edgy backstory, and I mean, like, obviously I like Lazelle. Um, yeah, you like the, you the you make fun thing. of me, but you like the mean one. Yeah. Did I tell you that she's passionate and committed to her train of thought? But anyways, did I tell you the funny thing about, like, the, like, one of the, like, last romance things with her? No, you were saying it on your, um, stream, but I was doing something else and didn't catch all of what you said. Yeah, so the, like, end of, I don't know if it's the end of it, but, like, a later thing that happens is, like, you know, you guys are, like... <laughs> you have to, like, fight each other, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's, like, you're hooking up, and then she's, like, oh, like, I really like you a lot. And she's like, so if we're going to be together, you have to, like, be, like, the giver of my bruises, you know? So she's That's like, we have um, to fight. Toxic. Um, so she, you know, she challenges you to a fight. And I'm like, okay. And at, it was, like, right after a fight, she had one hit point and was, like, just had her sword out, you know? And I was, like, fully healed with all of my spells and was just, like level four thunder wave and just was like Bang! And just like shot her across <laughs> the camp and she's like wow i really love you now i'm like ah, 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 ah. that's a little unfair it's a little unfair also i forgot to ask what class are you i'm guessing wizard no druid druid well because ah. originally so originally me and mandy were playing it together and so yeah. like we made a character together and she likes druids so i made a druid then i started playing it and mandy was like well i also want to play so we made another druid for her but now I'm still a druid. Um, which I don't mind. I like my party composition generally, which is that I have... That's amazing that you could just yod mid-word. Not even mid-sentence, mid-word. No shame in myself about this. Anyways, um, but going. So I play as a druid, and then I have Asterion, um, Lazel, and Karlak. And that right, has typically been pretty good. I always have Shadowheart because I like... I. In any video game like this, JRPG, American, whatever, I always need a healer with me. Early always. in the game, Shadowheart is really good because of, like, uh, what's it, like, Guiding Bolt or something? That Guiding Bolt is... Early in the oh, dude, we sca save scummed after this because some bullcrap happened, um, but, like... Shadowheart cast Guiding Bolt, it got 43 damage on it. <laughs> I was like, holy crap! <laughs> like, like, just 
blasted Auntie Ethel with a guiding ball. I got 43 damage. Like, it went, like, all the way to, like, she had, like, 10 health left. I'm like, dang, what? Yep. Yep. <clears throat> but anyways, yeah, guiding ball's great. And then, yeah. Yeah, early, early in the game, that's yeah. insane. Guiding ball, powerful. heal it, work, cure wounds, like, all that stuff. I know you can just, like, stock up on tons of potions and have other stuff, like, um, my girlfriend is a paladin, and so like she has like a couple of things that can heal area and herself. Yeah, yes, yeah, so, but but I do like always having a healer. Well, and druids are also like have decent healing if they want, and like Lazelle can heal herself and others. Mm-hmm. Carlac very rarely takes enough damage, and then uh, Asterion is always just standing in the back. Yeah, just standing like, in the back, hiding. Of the bow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's always crouching in a shadow, just like. I'm gonna try taking Gale. Sorry, we need to get to the show. But I'm gonna try taking Gale out eventually because I like having he's, someone who can. I just don't like magic, magic users. I they because they because you know they they're good one time and then it's like now Gale sucks. Well, yeah, they're they're good as many spell slots as they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is I'm playing Warlock. I have two of those two spell slots right now. So I use Eldritch Blast. Eldritch and Blast. No, no, Eldritch Blast is a cantrip. So no. Oh well, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. It's always been a cantrip. Have you never done anything with a warlock before? Never played a warlock. Huh. That was the first thing I did when I played D&D. I was a warlock. And then I'm like, looking at the back of the book to figure out spells, like, the entire session really sucks. <laughs> so then I went to yeah. um, Rogue, and now I play Barbarian. Anyways, Cody, we gotta go to the show. Okay. Yeah. I'm ready. So, Cody, what are we doing this week? We're talking about story ideas. Yeah, so, okay, fine, I'll do it. I'll just do it. So last week, at the end of last week, we picked two more stories that we were going to do the same prompt on, and then over the, my last week, I mean last time we recorded, because it wasn't a week ago. (laughs) It was before Christmas. Um, So, we yeah, we picked two story prompts that we were going to do stories on, and then at the intermittent time, we're like, yeah, we're just going to do long stories. long form stories again and so this week we're pitching which stories that we want to do for ourselves and then we're going to start doing them in the next time we record probably hopefully we'll see look we are both extremely busy in our life i just got busier and was told that i'm going to have to travel at least one week every month for the next year Uh, yep <laughs> and that does not include feel. my planned vacations and stuff so i am going to have to be on a plane at least twice every month <laughs> there and back yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. so that's gonna be fun um, it's gonna be a lot um but yeah so cody do you wanna so how many story prompts that you bring by the way when the prompts story ideas two two okay we dwarfed it two cool i kind of forced you to do two and i still feel bad about that it's fine. I, said, it's fine. I said I was going to do two. Cody's like, well, to make the show even, I'm going to do two, too. But like, no, you don't have to. You can just do your one. He's like, no, 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 no. It was, we, we don't want to have dead air. And I'm like, I don't. And I got really self-conscious. It was inconvenient for me about that. I don't know. I don't know why I this understand. is so bad on a shoot for you. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. Just like, I got so anxious about that whole ordeal. And I'm so sorry. Yeah, like, you really like got, you really really got like, weird about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, dude, it's fine. It's not fine. It's like, I'm okay. You don't have to worry. We literally do this every week where we are like, you know, several times a month where we come up with story ideas. So, you know. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so I also brought two. So do you want to roll for initiative? Who, who it feels like about? we should roll for initiative. You yeah, know? it feels like we, I mean, we've been doing that for at least what? 130, 140 episodes now. Cause we started that like, I think at episode 10 or 20. Whoa, Actually, no, boy, you're going that, first. What? If, well, I first picked out a D12. So where's my D20? And then I'll see which one's going first. I rolled a 12. What you got? A three. Oh, okay. I'm going first. <laughs> yup. So I'm going to go into this and say, I am not confident that that's the show. <laughs> that's, the, that's the whole show, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All jokes aside, I'm not confident in either of my idea. I typed them both up i created like i did exactly what i did with a no-name thing where i create how i think the whole story is gonna go and feel in my head and i'm like yeah and then i'm like oh both of these ideas might be too freaking long both of these ideas might be a little harder to write than the no-name stuff um both of these ideas they're different and i mean in that case i'm excited about it but i'm also just like am i gonna fly too close to the sun on this one is just completely <laughs> fail at what I want to do. So I guess I'm going to do the prompt. I wrote a bunch of notes. I don't know if I should just read them word for word or if not. But so the first story pitch, um, and also don't have a name for either of these, which doesn't bode well for me. I'm flipping out about that. Um, so yeah, my first pitch is um, just a continuation of this kind of story that I had started, the idea that I had started all the way back in episode 59, um, Swamp Moana was the episode, and that's not my story title, but Swamp Moana is what you called my story after I <laughs> told it. But um, this one, so for both of these ideas, and I'm going to do one, Cody's going to do blah, blah. Both of these ideas, I wanted to do a world that isn't just based off of our reality like I did with the last story. And so I wrote 20 chapters and did like what, like 25 episodes based off of a world that was pretty much. Oh, you mean you don't want to do like yeah. reality one step away. You want Yeah, like I don't want to do Ohio level. again like I did last time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did Ohio. That was the world building I did. It's like it's set in Ohio and there's magical monsters. And there's a team hunting them. That's what I did for my idea last time. And I don't want to do that. I want to do something that is like a little bit more intensive on the world building. Because this show is called World Shop. This started because we wanted to build cool worlds. And so like, what, who am I to go against that idea? So the story is set in a like seemingly world expansive swamp. A community within this swamp is called The Basket, and it's where a group of people live in, in a habitat that is lifted out of the swamp and supported by a large white tree. That massive tree is filled with magical energy. And so, like, in this, like, little community that's in there, these there are these shamans that flow magical energy in and out of the tree to maintain balance and provide energy for the basket. So they do have, like, lights and, like, you know, somewhat of, like, a seemingly like i guess advanced world for like being in this kind of like magical world so like they have heat like heated water for shot like stuff like that it's like little little bitty stuff like that but then outside of the shamans who use this magic in and out of the tree um 
Magic is forbidden, as the elders teach the people that using magic in excess will kill the planet and lead to a life in a depleted wasteland. Um, so the world is filled with magic as it makes up like all of the life energy in this entire world. And to use the magic, since energy is neither created nor destroyed, um, you must like drain it, like take it from one source and channel into another. And because of this principle, everyone, like humans, like animals, like everything can utilize this magic. But due to the people of the basket not using the magic, this like life energy flows into everything else. And so the world in the swamp has like flourished almost to the point of like it's overflowing with magic. So um, since the magical energy flows so greatly throughout the world, the animals have grown much more dangerous in current times. Not to mention at night, there's also these shadowy creatures that wear animal skulls to represent their um, heads, and they roam at night, mostly. And the people of the basket, they call these creatures the skulls, which I mean, like, come on, I had to. Um, and so these... Creatures are mostly active at night or in densely forested areas because the light from the like light source or the sun in this world, it damages their forms. So they could also like exist in areas of dense magic. And without the skull on their heads, these shadowy monsters wouldn't be able to fully materialize. So as weapons don't actually work on the shadows, a lot of the people who do end up facing these aim for the skull, shatter that, and they're, like, good to run away from this thing because it cannot materialize and hurt them. Um, most people who do end up seeing these skulls never return to the basket to tell the story, and the ones that do develop, like, black splotches of necrotized flesh and eventually die. I, By the way, if you want to listen to me tell this whole thing originally and way better... There's an episode for that, episode 59. <laughs> um, so the swamp is treacherous if you don't know what you're doing. And those who are authorized go out during the day to hunt, gather supplies, explore the ruins that are deep in the swamp. And across this area, um, there are ruins um, that are supposedly from an ancient civilization that used to fully utilize the magic, but had eventually died out. Um, and traversing these areas is warned against, but it's not forbidden. Um, people of the basket, they have been traveling out to the ruins more to bring back items to tra trade or like to utilize for like weapons or like to, you know, build structures or like um, use these items to kind of, um, I guess, bolster their boats and stuff like that. Who knows? <laughs> I know it's my world. <laughs> And then the further out in the swamp you go, um, the more the higher chance you won't make it back by the time of curfew. And this curfew is because it is dangerous at night. The shamans use the magic of the tree to put up a barrier around this basket that keeps things from coming in or out. So like at night you go and you stay, go to bed, whatever you do. Um, and so like the basket, this is I think a line I took directly out of when I originally wrote this for the episode. The basket takes care, takes care of its citizens, but for the most part um, provides the bare minimum to survive. Because of this, most people with their pride take it on themselves to provide for their families. The goal of these people is not to be seen as a burden to the basket. So what I had planned to do for this story is to follow our main character, Kit, 
who, after her friend and mentor Jody goes missing, begs the elders to let her venture into the Deadlands, which is like the um, ancient ruins that are around the area. And she wants to use the magic to uncover why these skulls have been more active and why like things are getting more dangerous. She ends up going against the laws of the basket to discover the mystery of the skulls, what they are, and the secret of the Deadlands that lead, led to the swamp being created. And so the story will mostly follow that character Kit and her adventure, but it will also take a look at her childhood best friend and like um, village weaver Lena and her rival who looks down on her and her mentor Jody, Micah, and then his brother Vic. And those will be like the main characters and their interactions throughout like the thing. Um, and so it would also, the story, a large portion of, well, hmm, semi-large portion of what I had planned for the story would be uncovering the past and like following the point of view of um, this character Margaret and her pupil Kaylin as the original world before the basket and the swamp start to collapse. And so... Oh, okay. Yeah. So for this, like, I was thinking, like, I want to have fun with it. I want to do, like, magical story, like, you know... Ha, have a fantasy because like the last time like most times other than the one story i think i wrote in the 60s um episode 60s not the year of the 60s but most of the <laughs> other stories that i've written have been horror stories and i wanted to like stretch out and do a different genre this time um but like yeah. i know to a point because of like the oh yeah the environment dying from us like over utilizing the like materials and stuff like the resources of it would be like a slight environmental message i don't want to get too heavy-handed but it's going to happen and yeah i mean yeah it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's go, going to happen and yeah i just like because i do feel like i especially in the last story leaned way too hard on horror and way too hard on like personal life st stories and like the story to a point was decently autobiographical and like yeah i just wanted to go out and like tell a story about characters rather than be like oh yes this is my life woven to a horror story so that's like my first thing um so i i have i have questions if you're cool with me having questions um i'm not but go ahead i'm kidding go ahead is there and you might have said this, and I might have just misunderstood. So, is the basket the the basket is not your whole planet, right? It's just no, a place on your just, planet. That is just the village where, like the like society that we're following lives, is the basket. Are there people outside of the basket? Um, yes. Are they basically <laughs> not in the story, or is that like it? Eventually, we talk to these. It's people? It's eventually we talk to these people, but it's not going to be the biggest part of the story. Okay, so gotcha. I guess a thing that I will say that I kind of left out of these notes that I partly forgotten also just like it comes later, but like people who do utilize the magic for their own, um, their own needs and own desires. Like they are like, because you're not supposed to use magic other than like the shamans who are trained and all of that to specifically benefit the basket. The people who don't use magic to benefit the basket they are exiled and they have to live out in the swamp is mm, mm. are is the basket wrong what do you mean wrong are they doing something wrong not necessarily 
Okay. Mm. Is your main does your main character want to change something about the basket? Yes. It's like guess who, but bad. <laughs> well, yeah. So I guess what I'm curious about with I something like this is like to the point. I don't want to give too many spoilers. Like if I go with the stories, but yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, I think the re- the reason I ask is because I think sometimes we maybe have a tendency to write worlds that are one sided. At least, huh? <laughs> I said one sided was my. Well, one-sided, but also, like, that are not necessarily flawed, and then it's hard to have a story inside of that about, like, there is a change in the world that is needed that our character facilitates. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get get exactly what you're saying, yeah. So I I wonder, like, what is the, does the basket need to keep its walls up and keep the outside out, or is it a story about letting the outside in, or is it a story about, like, no, like, the basket has something figured out that the rest of the world needs to know, um, or is it a story about like the basket trying to cover up its past, and that's why there's monsters coming out of ruins, to kidnapping point, yeah, mentors? To a point, it's that last thing. To a point. Gotcha. Which, like that, I think could oh, be no. an interesting thing to lean on, though, is that like there is like this long-held truth that they try to keep from everybody, which is like there's a monster under our bed that we're hiding. <laughs> you know, yeah. like. But that that I think then gives like a lot of. It gives like your elder characters that she would be working against in some ways. Like your main is kid, is kid female. Yeah, female. Um, so like it gives that character like something to push against. Is like oh, like they're keeping secrets from us. Why? Yeah, you know. Um, which I think can be interesting. Keeping secrets. Yeah, no, I that's um, that's my first idea. Again, both of these like I don't know. I didn't because they're both worlds that I've previously done for the show i didn't want to like rehash like the whole especially because the other one is like decently recent you weren't mm-hmm. on that show but it's decently recent and so i didn't want to like rehash so i tried to like give a quick summary but yeah if you, the telling it's half a joke and half real the telling on the previous episode is a little bit better but i do make some major changes and plan to make some major sure. changes to that because like that idea if that's episode 59 that's probably year two of when we did this show and we're now on almost yeah. year six yeah it's so, been a while <laughs> and so yeah and so like you grow and mature as both a writer and a person and you look back and it's like okay that idea was a little dumb <laughs> right yeah um yeah all right you got any you got any other thoughts or you want me to to go and also when it comes to when i do both of these like finish talking about both is i do want to like hear your feedback on which one you think would be the better story to do but yeah anyways i'm i'm curious which one i'll pick too um but we'll see or which one i would pick not that you have to go with you know my feedback but okay so i'm gonna do kind of my second story first so this was this was the idea you made me do um (laughs) Which I didn't. I was unsure if I should tell you, but I told you what my original idea was, so you would have been able to figure it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so this idea, um, right now I'm ten- tentatively calling the Fisherman's God. Um, similar to you, this is like fully a fantastical world, but the uh inspiration for it in some ways was Porco Rosso, not oh. really in any way from theme, more from like feeling and tone um okay. and the straight up cosmetic appearance not it's like so not it has about a pigman in it no it's just it's not about like budding fascism <laughs> you know like yeah, that's yeah. not what the story's about 
But um, you do got planes flying around. It's really cute, right? Well, the I, I like uh, a kind of like the time frame it would be at is that like internal combustion is a thing, but it is oh. not yet so mass produced that it is not like a craftsman's thing to do. So yeah. like if you're getting a plane made, it's like this is Frank. He makes your plane. He's a plane builder. Yeah. Um. But the broad idea for this is that there's a pantheon of gods that have existed for a long time and that's as expansive as a pantheon can be right so there's gods of a lot of different things and society moves past them right like they you know tower of babel themselves into not needing the gods anymore and that doesn't like kill the gods or unmake the gods but it does make them bored with humans you know (laughs) and it's like and so the the theme of this that i want to go for is it's like supposed to kind of be about parenting is like what do the gods do when they realize humanity doesn't really need them anymore like humanity's explaining things for themselves finding their own answers doing their own thing and the gods become passe and that doesn't remove them they're still there but they're not this like guiding supernatural force anymore because they don't need to be right um so then the smaller story is about a fisherman who's like later on in life i think probably a widower with a somewhat estranged son and um finds one of these gods right and like he's a uh he would be he's like superstitious and um still sort of believes but in like that eye-rolling way you know that it's like oh you know i'm making this god angry or don't do this because they don't like it whatever um so he's coasting around this area fishing and finds this weird little island and like comes ashore and like just meets a god who's just like sitting there like bored fishing you know and it's like the god of fishing right um and then like gets spun off on a quest from this god who is excited to have a follower again like oh i get to like be a god again and see what that means and sort of where i want to go with it is like that and this is an idea that i had from a previous world right where it was like um i think the setting was like Oh, no, I think it was a world where God likes us. Um, and it was the one where God there's, like, the world, these, yeah. like, planes flying through an ether that, like, are always just out of reach that you're chasing, you know? Yeah. And it's, like, a challenge to reach further and reach further okay, and reach further. So what I want it to be is that, like, this God, like, th- this God and this fisherman have a lot in common and start realizing there's, like, a thing for them to do, um, which is... I think the way I would go with this is that, like, this fisherman has, like, sort of long since lost any reason to to live, but also to die. And what I mean by that is he's older and his son has grown up. He's no longer, you know, he's, like, widowed. And fishing, in my mind, in this world would be a somewhat dangerous job. You know, like, this is, like, a deadliest catch guy. And you're like, why are you doing this? Because it's not to support a family anymore. It's not for the adventure anymore. Like, you've lost all 
purpose in life mm-hmm. to do this skill that you have. Um, so then my idea is that like, there are gods that are evil, like devils, but like they're there to challenge. Right. And to give reason to struggle. So like, it becomes like a, like a chess game between like the God of the fishermen and some devil that he finds. It's like, Hey, we need to like give this guy reason to live again. So we're going to like make something to antagonize him. And this is where I don't know whether I'd want the story to be about him, like rescuing his estranged son or working with his estranged son to rescue someone else or go on this quest. But it would be about them, like learning to respect each other again and have a reason like about this, older guy having a reason to live beyond just like monetarily or physically supporting his child and like getting to take joy and seeing his son grow up or also finding his own reason to live again. And then at the same time, it's about this God and this devil remembering what it is to inspire and give people hope and something to strive towards. Um, and, but it is then, you know, like a seafaring adventure about a crusty old fisherman and his son and whatever crew of misfits they put together to go and, you know, complete some challenge put forth by some fish-themed demon. It's gonna be, you know, but is there intentionally to antagonize them in order for them to be better? You know what I mean? No, I get it. Um, couple of things. One, tell me your father without telling me your father. Um, Well, right, like, it it is a story that is, like, relevant to me for a reason, you know? Yeah. And, um, so, yeah, I mean, like, that is a, that is a reason why I thought about this story before. And I, I will say this one is, like, was potentially going to be a setting for an RPG that I was going to do. And then it sort of transformed and went away. But I had this idea before with a lot of changes, but, um, it's a theme that I like. I like this idea of gods that realize they're no longer relevant and like finding that relevance again, <laughs> going yeah, like we like really the gods gotta have to figure be out what else. that feels like when your son's about fifteen. <laughs> well, we're right. I mean, it's it's a thing <laughs> so that happens in life is when you know. start real, and it's like a stage of life I am decidedly not at. Like I don't feel irrelevant in my life, but I understand that that's like a, a place that you eventually reach where you're like, oh, like I'm no longer. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. No, I wake up and I look in the mirror. I'm like, oh, if I wasn't here, I don't think anybody would notice. But we're not talking about depression. We are talking about magical gods. Um, the other have depression. <laughs> the other stupid comment I wanted to make is like, I do like in a lot of these stories, like, oh, here's like the god of water, the god of love, the god of the sky. I want someone to write a story where it's just like, here's the god of Michael. Specifically, he is the god who is there for Michael. <laughs> That's his Like just only one job. Michael or yeah. all Michaels? <laughs> no, just one Michael, not God of Michaels, which is a different That's... god. That's a different dude. <laughs> That's basically what this this god would be. Like he's yeah, like, I have no Michael. followers. <laughs> yeah. But you, you this showed up. Right so <laughs> you could worship me, you know? <laughs> like I'm gonna Him. inspire you. Like, uh... <laughs> like uh I don't actually want that. The second thing that, so when you brought to me the idea of doing story prompts again, you said it's because you wanted to write a novel length story. Not that you wanted to, like, as I previously aspired, write a novel, publish a novel. You just wanted to write a novel length story. Do you think yeah. this will fulfill that goal of writing a novel length story? So that would be about, like, the 20 chapters that I did, like, the 20 yeah. episode stream that I did. 
yeah certainly i i think definitely okay. like if if anything this could be longer okay. um because i mean i think that all of those characters have enough stuff to fill out and explore about them like there's a whole life from this old dude so that could be written that, about that, you that know my, my, then my question with that is is the story more the adventure or is the story more looking at the characters their life their growth and their interactions i mean it, it yes to both like there is like an external adventure to go on and it it is kind of supposed to be that this guy starts out like alone isolated on his crummy old fishing oh, boat power and then has to huh i said we're power of friendshiping it yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. not literally, well, but yes, not like, literally, yes. But yes, it's like, about him finding a family again and caring about people again. So I like and it. I being mean, yeah. relevant to someone again, you know, like in a way yeah. that he hasn't been in a while. But, you know, if you're going to go start exploring ruins and finding, uh, you know, creepy monsters and trying to, you know, rescue whatever MacGuffin, you know, you'll have to like hire a crew of miscreants and and i mean that could even be fun if he's like always been like a really like by the book straight laced guy and then is like i need to hire a like a gunfighter to come with me on this and it's so like, it is oh. going to be more than just the guy his son and the god so there's going to be like a crew yeah okay yeah there it'll be like him hiring a crew and okay. then you know going off to because i think the end of it that i would want to be is like visually what i would have in mind is you know like he has like his nice comfortable little cottage that he lives in and goes out and fishes and then comes back and sells his little load of fish and it's like a very comfortable life that he has made for himself and it's just like that idea of like that silent cottage and him just like sitting at a table like drinking coffee <laughs> with just like pressing silence would be like the start of the book and the end of it would be like that cute little cottage like falling down and kind of like given over to decay as he is left and is no longer sitting there um with you know whatever his new crew of people that he's gonna you know care about now is um so like visually that's kind of what i have in mind is like him going off and finding another family to care about even though he's older you know he can still matter and interact with people and have relevance in the world okay yeah no i like it i have other thoughts about this but they're gonna come in comparison to your other idea so okay. I'll, I'll wait till okay so 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 this is my second one again don't have a name but right now I wrote in the notes Skyball Story. So this one is going to be focusing a little bit more on um, like sci-fi-ish. But this comes from the world I did in episode 158, When the Cat's Away, the Mice Will Anime. Um, and this one's going to be... Am I the cat? Am yeah, I the cat Yes, that you case? are away. And then me and Will talked about anime a whole bunch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you you were the cat. You you were not there that week. <laughs> what what do you think happens to your god, Cody? We talk about anime, some real wee bullcrap. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But this one is going to be more anime inspired, but it's also going to be more um, sci-fi as well. So like, while the other one's going to be heavy fantasy, this one will be set in like a far future world. Um, 
So th- this is going to be focused around the fictional sport of skyball, which is like a rugby like sport done on these skyboards and that use this energy that is dispersed in the sky to fly. So think the anime Eureka 7, but without the robots and mixed with the anime IGPX without the racing. <laughs> cool. Both animes I have really not watched. <laughs> yeah. So the world, um, it's set in the far distant future of a post-apocalyptic world. And I'm talking like, far distant so it's not like oh here's like a decrepit post-apocalyptic world where people are living in ruins this is like we've rebuilt all the cities we're like um this this was a world that was like war torn and completely destroyed because like all these countries went at war there's nuclear bombs there's all this stuff like they made these war machines that destroyed the land that like polluted the environment tore up the oceans like basically they cracked the volcano wide open stuff like that but it's like far distant future of that they're now cleaning out the oceans they cleaned out the pollution from the sky and one of the big things that is going to it's not super important to the world but this is how those like quote-unquote skyboards fly is that cleaning the sky left this material in the sky that had like the sparkling material in the sky that is a form of energy that these skyboards then convert into a different type of energy in order to fly right it makes sense if you listen to the episode. <laughs> um, so so this is also like after all of these wars, there's like the um, ceasefire that was put through like hundreds of years ago. And so a lot of the nations are now like they're at peace and they're kind of all intermixed. And we got to the point where most things are in harmony and like the ideas of like um, ethnicities, cultures, creed, sexuality, all that stuff is like accepted. Everybody gets along for the most part and like the divide between these to a point exists it's not utopia but like it's not like living in america now where like everybody is fighting over one thing or another and so skyball is one thing that helps bring all these different cultures together because they all have like teams and they all like like it would be like if football was a world it's like the olympics basically it's like here's our sports here's this teams and we get around these we root for our teams and all of that and like it's this like i said rugby like sport where there's like multiple goals around that they fly around on the skyboards and try to throw the balls to the goal at the bottom of the arena is what's called the Hellgate, which is worth more points than the ones that are like scattered around the area and then at the very top of the arena is the heaven gate which is more points than the hell gate because it's um harder to get to and so this thing is like encompassed in like a kind of a see-through dome that is made up of like a like different energy and there's all of these different stadiums around the world in different places and the pro leagues exist they all go to these different stadiums and it's like a, it's a whole whole freaking thing right okay, okay. easier if you listen to the episode <laughs> especially since it was like 10 episodes ago i don't want to like super get into it so the setting um the story will take place during the newest season of the professional skyball league um and this is many death gates after the sport itself was invented and it's now like the worldwide sport um the professional league is made up of teams sponsored by different corporations now at this time and it's kind of 
in the style that we do like racing teams almost we're like a corporation completely funds this one team and like that's their thing and they represent a certain area of the world right okay and so um the league is um mixed gender but most sponsors only take on men which might or might not become a conflict later. Who the fuck knows? I don't know. Um, but because of that idea, there is only one all-female team, which, excuse my language, but don't excuse my language, the team is Pussy Power, that um, they push through the, the bias to become a pro team. So every two years from the independent league, which would be like your intramural soccer almost, um, they give like the best team in the league the two best teams in the league, like a bid to become part of the pro league. And the bids are randomly given to the top teams, but it is usually the ones with like the most wins, most stats though. You can be a top team for years and never receive a bid, but those two teams, they then enter the pro leagues and at the end of the season, the pro league, sorry, I'm explaining all of this, but the pro league with the no, worst score must sit out a year and then has to play one of the independent teams, like win against both independent teams to stay pro or they go back into the independent spot. Right? Okay. All makes sense. So, and this new rule was created in order to drive up participation and interest in Skyball back up. Because for the last six years, the league has been completely dominated by the same um, undefeated team, Team Vol. Um, and they have remained undefeated, like completely undefeated all six years. And this has led to a lot of discouragement in people caring about the team because why watch the sport? I'm sorry, care about the sport because why watch the sport if it's always going to be the same team winning the championship, right? Right. And yeah. so viewerships in both like the like um, live event and the broadcasting was down and so the corporations like they came upon an agreement to start letting in independent teams into the pro leagues and so um and to some people i guess they they see this team team vol as like a disgrace to the league because they all leave like lead like these like crazy celebrity lives of drinking, drugs, debauchery, all this stuff. And like they're kind of a disgrace to the league because it's like, oh wow, you guys are kind of un- completely unhinged. And but the team is led by, which will become important later, I guess, is by the um lead character Lauren Hayes and his girlfriend Jessica Abshire. But anyways, our story, my friend. We'll follow the newly um, professional team, the Golden Eagles. Yeah, before being taken over by a new coach and becoming the undefeated team of the independent league, they were formerly the team that held the record for the most losses. And their new coach and their new point guard um, turned the team's fate with hope. Like, turned the team's fate, basically, they, like, completely... We're starting over from zero, and we're going to, like... Try our hardest. We're new coach, new lead, and then they became undefeated. And it's like this story will follow them in their first year, and with hopes of beating Team Vol and becoming the pro league champions. And so, I mean, I do have characters that I kind of describe in this, but I think I'm going too far with that. But yeah, the my idea with the story is to like follow that team, their relationships and stuff as they go through this championship. Um, sorry, go through the season with hopes of winning the championships. And I think I decided 
as part of it because it would be complicated to describe the sport in its full a lot, especially like there's going to be multiple matches as you go through the story. I think it's going to quickly describe those as like, you know, like a before and after thing and describe how they won, but not necessarily go into heavy detail on the game itself, more focusing on the characters and the challenges as they go through the season. Do you have a main character in mind? Yes. I can read the descriptions. So the character would be the new point guard. What The character would be the new point guard of that team, Harper, who, so, yeah. Okay, he joined the Skyball League because his mother was obsessed with the sport and went to every live game they could, even though they didn't necessarily have the money to do it. And then when she passed, he promised he he would continue to play the sport in her honor. And he holds the deep grudge against that other team, Team Vol, because he does feel like they are dishonoring his mother's um, memory by making a joke out of like what it means to be a professional player in this league itself. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is a, this is a, this is a morality story. Kind of to a point. I like that for you, Jordan. I like that. Why? It's just, I find the idea of you moralizing it, uh, you know, pro athletes cut and loose is just funny <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to be the whole point of it but that is going to be a point of contention and also like the idea of like letting go of that idea that like things have to be a certain way and just enjoying and playing the sport do you, mm, okay mm. i'm gonna ask you a similar question do you think that's a novel length idea yeah i think this idea could be too long is my <laughs> thing I think it could easily get way out of hand. I think, mm, I, I don't know that I disagree. I think that it would be a story that would want to have supporting characters that have their own stuff going yes, on. You know what that, I mean? That's the thing. So there are, I just didn't want to like, because I didn't want to color the my decision and especially color your, like, you critiquing, which, well, I guess helping me pick which one I should go to by going in depth to each of the different characters. So the team is made up of six people. It five people? Five people. Two defenders, a goalie, and two point guards, and then their coach. And all of them would be characters who inter- like that we interact with and see their stories play out. And Do you think romance is going to be a big part of this story? Mm, I don't know. That's gonna be something How? that gets discovery written, Cody. Are these all and like are these all young people? Yeah, I would say like twenties. I like both am really excited for this story and very dubious of it. <laughs> yeah, same here, right? <laughs> I think that the challenge in that is there aren't really any stakes, and it doesn't sound like the world is gonna change much as a result of their existence. Um, which is fine. It just means that the like narrative i think would really have to focus on these characters having like cathartic growth and having like lean into them having flaws to start with or not necessarily flaws but like things that they need to work on because there's not going to be anything external for them to work on yeah Um, and and i have those ideas there yeah i have and i think especially for that too like it it feels like a story that would like need to be about losing a lot like because if they win all the time that you know what i mean like i think a, a part of athletics is like the growth through losing losing a lot yeah yeah um 
I mean, I guess, like, that being said, like, I loved Ted Lasso, and what you're kind of describing is Ted Lasso, so, you know, like... Okay. Yeah. I will say this is the idea that I'm leaning more toward. I don't, I don't think it's a bad idea. I think that it would be... Ch- I think that it has a challenge to it, which is good, which is that, based on your descriptions, the sci-fi elements of them, you said you're kind of almost gonna, like, gloss over pretty quickly. Yeah. Um... So then it's really going to just be a story about people like talking about their feelings <laughs> and that's not bad, but that's a lot, you know, like that yeah. is because I think that it would be, you could fill a lot of page and have things feel good if you really got into like punchy descriptions of this like particular athletic event. But if that's not what it is, then it is like very much like personal stories about a team like working together and all that stuff, you know, which is fun. Like that's a fun story. Um, which is like, I don't know, like I end up, there's a lot of those that I do like, you know, as much as I was like, not super into athletics. Um, but it's a, I think it's a fascinating one. It it would be, I think it would be a fascinating challenge, you know? Yeah. I, I think I, and that's, that's the thing is like, I think things that it is an idea that can easily get out of my hands. And that's why I'm worried about writing. Like it can become way too much. We can go dive too far into the characters and the story and stuff but like i yeah i like plan to do is like the first because i started writing part of just to see how it would work it started writing part of the first chapter and like how, how would this work and it would start like right at their first match when they're going up the elevator to the dismount point and like okay what are the fields here can we even do this we were like had the record for most losses before you joined the team but we're now in pros like what the hell and then like going from there yeah yeah no i like that as like a that's a fun set piece you know what i mean or like a that's a good scenario to write within as like a thing does that make sense yeah you're convincing me and i'm like oh maybe i'm I'm just scared i'm gonna start writing it and because i can't lean on the things that i did before i'm afraid that is just not going to be good I guess because I did. I did heavily lean on being able to talk about my own mental health and emotions through a character. And then this idea of horror and like the idea where the world was super contained because I'm like, it's Ohio. And it's like, actually, the things happening are these little like um, little monster stories that are happening. And I did split it up like by like these little stories that were happening throughout the world. But like now it's like, here's this world that's not just um earth 2020 the this like thing that sport like if i did try to describe like one of the matches it would be like pretty hard to like make that interesting but oh, then there's really i disagree oh well that. no i'm no, not not i guess not that to it would be hard to describe i guess is a better way of saying that and then like the fact that i have five main characters and then the coach who's going to be in and out but like six main characters yeah right and some of them like well, all things will be more side than main like the the lead the lead guy the um and then the goalie would probably be more prominent than the other few but like still it's just i yeah. don't know it's, it's there would be more pro- prominence than other things and like some like playing a dark souls game where some people's storylines last longer than the others right sure have you read things that fit within this genre or watched stuff that fits within i've, this I've genre? watched stuff that fits within this genre yeah okay 
Okay. I've watched sports animes before. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying, you should really watch Ted Lasso because this. I is should really watch. I, I've seen. I've seen a little Ted Lasso. I should really watch Ted Lasso. But yeah, no, it, it'll be interesting. I. I don't know. Well. I'll talk about what I'll actually pick towards the end of the episode, but obviously I'm like showing my cards. Anyways, Cody, your story. Wait, uh, also, wait, yes. I forgot. I had other notes that I want to say for both stories. For So goals for both. I wanted to actually write third person and not first person. Oh, boo. Because my last story was third person and the character just became me after a while. And I wanted I, to branch more out that. Yeah, I know. I know I you don't like third, third person. person. I know you hate so it. I much. know. We've talked. We've talked. We've talked. And then, again, I don't want to base it on the characters on myself, and I don't want to base like the world on our world. And then, yeah, no elements of horror. Well, I guess in the um, fairy tale, well, sorry, the fantasy one, there will be elements of horror, but definitely no elements of horror in the other story. Because <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> Throw a ball to the goal, suddenly a demon comes out and eats it. It's like, holy shit! Anyways, Cody, tell me your story. Uh, okay, so this one is called... Uh, I like the idea that your story is just called The God of Michael. <laughs> no, this one is called... Um, this one's called The Mill Rat. And <laughs> yeah, so, I remember. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know that that's what I'd end up calling it, but it's where the genesis of the idea came from, which is... This would have a little bit of, like, a sci-fi horror thing to it. It would certainly be horror. Um, and the story would revolve around, like, some mill on some, you know, like, sci-fi colony that has um, a rash of deaths at the mill, especially, like, on the night shift that um eventually people start trying to figure out what is going on and find out there is a monster right um kind of like the visual idea of this is like you know you can imagine like metal pouring from like out of giant crucibles and like a giant manufacturing plant right and people like it's dark and you know you're lit by this molten metal that's being poured and then like out in like a corner of the plant you just see like glowing eyes open and start skittering towards you and a giant monster you know grabs you and pulls you off into the darkness so this story would definitely have two two point of view main characters um the one would be a like some union rep of some sort for the workers who's like starts investigating this you know like people come up to him and they're like hey look like you're off working shifts you need to find out why people are dying because like you know you imagine this is like a little bit of a grim future thing where it's like yeah like industrial deaths just happen and are but you know you get so many and then the union can start like having grievances and forcing the company to do stuff about it or they'll strike and um so it's this guy like going around trying to figure out what is happening here, you know, and everyone's like, Oh, it's accidents. Oh, you know, we don't know nothing. You know, it's like that crew just went missing. Like they must've been stupid. Like, and it's becomes like the bureaucratic nightmare of everyone pointing fingers at each other and all this <laughs> yeah. stuff. Uh, as this guy's trying to figure out what's going on. And then the other side of that would be like a 
younger guy who's um in management and is just trying to like do his best um and is like hearing all these rumors about like yeah you know like the people out in the plant are starting to blame it on monsters and he's like okay like that's obviously garbage yeah um and i like the idea of this becoming like it, it would be like a story very much about like class disparity and like the aggression and tension that can fester around that especially like when kind of left to do that when that's not addressed that just like grows and grows and grows into this like paranoid and constant resentment between these groups of people that cannot figure out how to work together on it um and so like that starts to build and build and build and build until like management starts going missing yeah and it's like so because like the you know it'd be like oh okay like the first guy that goes missing was someone who was like starting to try to uh you know like starting to try to get like more money for the late night shift right they were starting to like rabble rouse and cause trouble and they go missing and it's like oh like management's killing people for sure um and like that keeps going and going and going until like management starts getting drug off by whatever giant rat this is um and then it becomes like a buddy cop thing where this like old union rep and a new manager have to like work together to try to figure out what this thing is and what to do about it um i think for me the challenging part of this would be the ending which i don't know how much spoiler i want to give on this but story podcast don't give spoilers (laughs) i will say like my idea for the ending is not a very instantly resolving one like, you know, this doesn't have Are like a nice wrapped up movie, me, where it's just like, oh, it's ambiguous. Kind of, mm. kind of. It's not exactly that it's ambiguous. Um, and I can talk to you about it maybe off the air yeah, about I how I think that. that would end. Because I, I do um, think leaving it spoiler free because this is a story. Yeah, but like there are twists and turns there that are meant to be like a, are meant to be a commentary on how much like on how resentment that builds over time can kind of like create its own problems and when not addressed festers, you know? Um, and it's supposed to be kind of this like festering horror story about people struggling to like see the forest for the trees. Right. This is like a little bit of like that game of Thrones, game of Thrones thing where it's like winter is coming and everyone's just like bickering over land and it's like it doesn't matter winter is coming and people are still just bickering over the lands yeah it'd be kind of like that vibe um for a lot of the story that's kind of my idea for that one i think right now it is the one that i have better set in my mind but i am unsure right now as to which one i would think i would rather do mike my, my question to you is and i and i and take this however you want but what is more important to write to you this story about a bureaucratic nightmare and like this whole class war basically or is this more or the story of writing like about family yeah that's an interesting question because like honestly like this morning i would have said like the other story does not have a chance like i'm definitely doing the mill rat story but now i'm like thinking about it and i'm like i might not like i might might do the 
I might do the the Forgotten Gods story. That actually is sounding fun to me as I'm thinking about it. That's kind of what I was feeling almost when you were telling it. Is this like the, the... I think so my it's... issue with the Mill Rat story is both in its commentary, I feel like it like by the nature of it would be pretty on the nose and in its ending would be unpleasant which is not necessarily to say bad but the like sum up of that story is not one that has like a necessarily happy ending it has an ending but not necessarily a happy one and although i think that might be good for me to write i don't know that's what i want to write but but would i guess and i'm not trying to dissuade you either way would that be satisfying for you to write i think it could be want to come potentially every week or two weeks out of a month however we end up doing would you want to come with a story for potentially 20 episodes that's a that, that is like a valid point of it is that i certainly think that like the like building of a pantheon and all that stuff is more fun yeah but and that it, would make it easier <laughs> yeah but, but it kind of goes back to the thing that like fun that you want or is like something that is impactful I guess both. I'm not saying that the other story wouldn't be impactful, but would like the ideas that you were presenting and like discussing and talking about and describing in this be more impactful to write? So it's an interesting question to me because I would say both of them could be, but certainly one of them I feel like would be easier to keep writing, and it 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 definitely, definitely is, is the fisherman's story. god. Yeah, of course. Because that sounds fun. It does, but I also don't feel like it. It feels like empty. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I don't yeah. feel like it's a nothing. I don't think either of them are bad idea. Like when you told when the only idea that you had told me last time we talked was the mill rat. I was perfectly fine with that being your story. But I guess the the the, the thing that I'm saying is like you're gonna lean on some heavy stuff with that and also you're going to again do horror but it's not going to be like the fun kind of horror yeah last time is that something you want to devote a large chunk of this year to yeah that's sort of like a thing to me is that like i don't know i feel like it'd be good for me to not write horror once (laughs) that's exactly why i'm doing what i'm doing because i'm like i write too much horror (laughs) yeah i do tend to lean on it and i think there is something maybe of going like let me try my hand at something with a sense of whimsy that can still have meaning you know um you know it you know what i also realize is i can totally have like grumpy old lady romance which is you know like always my dream hey Cody. I like tough old ladies they're fun you know what could you please just state what you said just a second Look, time let me explain something i want grumpy old I lady always... romance and that's what you said something after that that i'm now forgetting i'll probably hear it in the recording but what did you say what i'm saying is i enjoy doing a romantic story with grumpy older ladies i think it's a fun a fun character you know what i'm saying is i always want to put betty white in every story i tell oh, anytime okay. i that tell a story there's lady. a betty white okay. yeah you know yeah and no i mean i'm not even kidding if you listen to my stories i it's do betty White's all it the is way down. it's a lot it's a lot of betty white like do you b- remember betty- when i had a t- 
timeless uh, yes. cafe or like breakfast yes. nook owner. Yup. And then in uh, Cody, you don't oh, have you to explain. Oh, that's the other question. I forgot to ask the question when you described the first one. How much old man voice am I going to have to endure for that story? Because that will color which what I say you should do. They're both going to have old man voice. Uh, okay, yeah. they're both going to be very heavily old man voice. Shoot. <laughs> I could have him sound like Anthony Hopkins if you want to listen to Hannibal Lecter. I don't. <laughs> you called my bluff. I don't. <laughs> or, uh... Can I do him like Russell Crowe doing an Italian accent in The Pope's Exorcist? Never saw. I honestly meant to watch this movie so we could talk you about it, but I never saw it. You just need movie. to watch him talk as that character because it's just a treat, you know? Is Russell Crowe a good actor? I don't care. He's, <laughs> yes, for me, yes. It's like asking me if I like Nicolas Cage. Like, for me, okay, yes. Well, Nicolas Cage is just a delight to watch. Yeah. I'm like, do I care that maybe he's not, like the classically trained version of exactly like a person. But anyways, we're not talking. No, we're, it's not the Nicholas Cage. Fun. So I, I guess like, do you want to pick and decide on this episode? Or do you want to just come next time with some stories? I think I'll come next time with a story with, with a chapter. Um, well, do you want to hear I, what I think you should do? I know which one you think I should do for sure. Yeah, absolutely. The first one, because you did present this very, like, I don't know. I, I also like color. Color me a romantic, but I also like the idea of you kind of writing out your emotions towards fatherhood. Well, and that's the thing is like, I don't feel like it would be a wildly different thing for me if I felt like um, that story was thematically empty and it was as simple as going on a fun boat adventure. But I don't feel like the idea of like both the sort of theological idea of like moral inspiration in a time of like postmodern or on the brink of postmodern learning, I think yeah. is one that I find fascinating, you know, and that I think there is a version of that that is not trying to cross a river twice. Um, and right. I think that's a lot of what being a parent is oh. right. Is yeah. you go, like the gods look at humanity and go, they have grown past us. That doesn't mean they need to change back to worshiping us like they used to. It means we mm -hmm. have to change that relationship to them. Like well, what humanity needs from a deity is now different. That doesn't mean nothing. It just means growth in that relationship changes just like it does. Like for a parent who might have a child grow up and suddenly not need them in the same way society has moved to a point of not needing the gods to work the way they used to and i think that's kind of like a fun a fun idea so i mean look the thing is i don't know if this podcast is gonna last another 10 11 or so years but i would like to see the comparison of this compared to as your kid starts to grow up and see that and like i said call me a romantic i do like the idea of a father kind of sussing out his feelings about parenthood. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's one like, like just and, and that idea and having that recorded and being a part of that experience is one like the other story. I'm not saying this, but that's one that to me would be impactful for me to experience as a human being. Right. Well, yeah. And, and <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry. No, I'm sorry. I'm just like, I just like when you told this thing, I'm like, this is like a really interesting thing that would exist in my life. And I want to like 
watch that unfold. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling with it now. See, because... now you're like, oh, I want to just do the other story because I can't make Jordan happy. No, no, Whoever what it is, is that typically, loses. <laughs> like, when I have an idea, there's usually some, like, visual that I find, like, in my head what's that the I find visual? striking. Well, because well, I know the one for the mill rat is what you said, the, like, steel. Yeah, it's the glowing eyes. down and that. the eyes yeah. in the corner as these men are working, which would be a very interesting painting to see. I well, find that, I guess, like, a compelling visual. A visual for the um, gods. Yeah, but it's just all of Porco Rosso. I mean, the, the the notion of it is beautiful. Like a a crusty old man on a like dilapidated tugboat with trawling lines out alone on like a beautiful calm ocean, cruising across the you know cruising across the sea until to you. That's what I'm saying. I it's like hate it is. whimsy, Cody. You know I hate whimsy, and I. But love you know, then that. you like hit a fog bank, and you come up on this island where there's just some dude like sitting there fishing, and you like find the god of fishermen, and he's like, "I haven't been found in a thousand years. It's been a thousand years, you know." And it'd be know. like you know maybe like something that like the old dude still has like a little like icon of that guy but it's like all worn out no one cares about it anymore it's like a coaster you know it's like what he puts yeah. his coffee cup on is like a an icon of it'd be like using like a crucifix like with jesus on it as like a coaster you know like that level of total disdain for this you know but i like that idea of like finding this guy um the original when this was going to be an RPG because there's elements of this setting that were going to be an RPG that I decided not to do. Um, it was going to be like the like a person on the dock that they like meet and like get quests from like near the end of the story. They would find out is like the, the goddess fisherman, god you know, time, who's yeah. just been like chilling on a dock, like just working because they don't like they're not doing God stuff anymore. You know uh, what? Uh, I, I think. I would say my opinion on your story is I think that probably you're going to do the anime story that was no matter what I say. wild what just happened was watching you finish talking about yours in, without taking a breath. Go And so my thoughts on your story is like, whoa, how do we whiplash into talking about me when we were talking about you? Sometimes, Jordan... Sometimes my brain dead is better befumbles even me yeah um, <laughs> yeah that, that was that was amazing to watch like without taking a breath you were like okay anyways new topic and i'm like whoa what <laughs> it's like but but no i guess no really i want to hear i i do truly want to hear your opinion and your opinion will be considered in the final final decision i would say this i think that you would it would be easier for you to write the the basket story. Yeah. I think it would also If I wrote be... a basket story, would it be basket weaving because you weave a story? Sorry, I'm shutting up. Do you know that basket weaving is like a long-running like inside joke with my other no. friend group? Why, why would I know about a long-running inside joke in a I, group chat okay, that no, I'm not a part a of? There's a reason you might know. There's a no, reason you might I, know. I understand because I'm friends with those friends, but why would they tell me your guys' inside joke? No. It's because it was on a podcast. It was like, it's like a thing that comes up on our other podcast, um, oh, no, which is, but I think it was a game we didn't record where Caitlin took a skill in basket weaving <laughs> and used it so 
many times. That's amazing. I love when people can pull that off. I love (laughs) when people can pull, like, pick something that, like, is literally a throwaway and just becomes, like, their skill. I love when that happens. It's like you're being attacked by a badger, and she's like, can I weave a basket to block the badger? Like, you tell me how that works. (laughs) Like, that would be a 15. Like, Okay, you weave a basket and block the badger's attack. <sighs> the rolls don't like, lie, Caitlin. The rolls don't lie. The boat's leaking. Like I weave a basket patch. Like you could just patch it. You don't actually need to do basket weaving. Like, but I get to add more points if I use basket weaving. <laughs> Anyways, um, I digress. So, but I think the thing with that is that I feel like I have heard you tell that story before a lot of times with slightly different finishes on them. Wait, what do you mean? No, I actually, what? The way you describe that story to me sounds super familiar to, like, just a lot of, like, both world shop, like, longer form, but not fully to novel yeah. length narrations that you've done before. Oh, shit, like, yeah. The, the character, like, the setup all sort of feels familiar to me. In a way that I think you could do and probably do well, but I think the sports one would be harder and more outside of your comfort zone. But it seems like you're also more interested in that one. So, I, like, yeah. I think, you know, so then I it's watch like, a, well... Look, I drink a lot of water and I watch a lot of anime. Two things that will never change about me. What does the water have to do? Oh, nothing. I just wanted to say something random about me that people don't really know. <laughs> you drink a lot of water? Yeah, I drink a lot of water. I'm curious, does, is what happened, is what we just saw happen there, Jordan, when I need to say something, like, you know, when it's like, you're going around the classroom or whatever, and it's like, introduce yourself, say what grade you are, and say uh, something interesting about yourself, and you just went, hi, I'm Jordan, 32, I drink a lot of water. Hey, Cody. Hey, Cody. Awesome. Hey, Cody, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> is that's your favorite ex- food French fries? Is your favorite <laughs> color beige? My favorite color is red. You know this. And I didn't know that. <laughs> we've talked about this so many times. That's why red comes up a lot in stories. Yes, it just happens to be a red-haired woman, but still. Oh, okay. I think it's interesting because, yeah, I'm absolutely leaning towards the harder-to-write story. Yeah, I, and, like, I feel like, to me, I would have trouble stretching that. Like, I would have trouble with that in length. I don't think I would build a write oh, that I think I could very easily do that. I think my my fear is that it's going to be too long. I do not have this, uh... I, 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 yeah, this, the, it's funny because to me, that's like the opposite of the concern that I would have. But I mean, if you well, feel like, yeah, you it do... would be like a lead up to each of the matches, like them talking, them like figuring all like the interrelationships. Flirting. Yeah. They and... definitely, two of them need to like have a will they, won't they, though. Oh, the coach. The coach definitely needs no. to have like a romance going on. on. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know that'd be really good. But yeah, because it... then the coach, if who's the coach? You don't get to know now because we're already locking it in, buddy. Yeah, because like either the coach me. needs to have like a long term marriage or needs to be like newly on the market and unhappy about it, you know? <laughs> Interesting. You know, nah. th- then the coach could be like married to the job and has like that struggle of like, oh, you know, I can't I'm... come out right now. I got to go to the big game. Interesting. I'm not doing it, but interesting. Um. Anyways, Cody, no, I, I think it's gonna be interesting next episode because I I always like these first few episodes because it 
we always present more stories than what we end up writing. And it's always interesting to see what you pick. I know what I want you to pick, but either story that you do pick will be worth listening. I'm I'm excited. Like I'm getting I'm getting pretty pumped about it now, which is a good feeling. And I think know? we both know what I'm going to pick. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I think you just helped convince me what I should write. Look, now let me ask you something. Do any of your players have red hair? No, actually. Yeah, I know. It's big for me. You could change that because it'll hold your interest better. So anyways, Cody, what are your plugs? Uh, I'm sorry. You can check me out at Wandering Gamer Network um, and then also our Twitch, which is twitch.tv forward slash Wandering Gamer. Wandering Gamers. Wandering Gamers. Okay. Is that what you're going to say or is there anything else? Because you were starting to go into something stupid and made me so mad. (laughs) No, 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 no. You should make, like, Tinder profiles for all your players. Okay, you can check me out at something no, I guess at twitch.tv. That's <laughs> twitch.tv forward slash something I guess. And also my other podcast, the Side Characters Podcast, where we might have a horrifying episode coming out soon. Um, no, but is it like one of the type of anyways, Cody, have, like, their dog? where can they catch us? Guess where? This is- the flip side in the next Demon Feast. Bye! Fish, you know. <laughs> Cody, say bye. That's- Bye, it's a good idea. It's a good idea. It's not. I maintain it's a good idea. We have been going for an hour and 43 minutes.